0: The Mount
1: Rushmore of Broadcasting. He's not on it, but he's on this podcast. Welcome to the Jim Day Podcast.
2: Hi again, everyone, and welcome to round two, episode two of the Jim Day Podcast. So glad you could join us. And however you are listening today, we hope you spread the word that this podcast exists. If you enjoy it, you'll give us good ratings, you will subscribe, and I got to tell you, we're pretty excited about this podcast thing, because, uh, and we really appreciate the the kind comments, uh, mostly kind comments, we got about episode one, which was a conversation with Hall of Fame broadcaster Marty Brenneman, you are about to hear part two of that conversation, and a lot of good feedback, um, because, and this is what I hope happens, It, it was a, a very loose conversation with Marty. If you listened in, we we invite you to go back in our very short archives and listen to Episode 1. Um, and this is what I hope to happen, is these long-form, loose conversations where you just sit down with someone and see where it goes. And with Marty, you never know where it's going to go. And, in fact, the guests we're going to have, uh, we hope that happens. In the past, I've had here and there, you know, I've hosted 30-minute Interview shows. I've done long form interviews with the likes of Pete Rose, etc. But on a consistent basis, really haven't had the avenue uh, to do these long form interviews. And I've always wanted to do it. I've been listening to podcasts for several years and I've always wanted to dive in. So we are diving in and we are diving in head first. In coming weeks and months, we will check in with the likes of Scooter Jeanette. The mayor, Sean Casey, will check in on the Jim Day podcast. And I went to Bronson Arroyo's residence, uh, his residence, excuse me. And (laughs) if you know Bronson, they're always wild conversations, great stories. And he is, you ask him a question, a man, he is going to answer it. It is fun stuff. We'll have a couple of parts with Bronson coming up, and we've put out feelers to the likes of Barry Larkin. Uh, We will talk to Jared Hughes, a very interesting guy uh, on the Reds roster, and uh, many of the Reds' current players, we hope, are going to check in over the weeks to come as well. And it should be an exciting 2019 season. Now, if you want updates on the Reds in this podcast, I invite you to follow me on Twitter, at JimDayTV. I'm also at JimDayTV on Instagram. And as always, uh, follow the Reds on Reds.com. And be sure to follow them on all the social media outlets because they put out some good stuff, hourly updates on your Cincinnati Reds. So part two of the conversation with Marty about to come up, and again, we <laughs> part one was like, you know, some people will say, well, you have sophomore humor. Well, I'm not even sure we're that old. We're kind of like two 12-year-olds, at least me, giggling like a little kid, but we have fun when we're together, and uh, we hope that comes across here. Now, you're about to find out, uh, has Marty had any problem with managers, problems with managers over the years, and who are Marty's favorite managers? over his 46 years. Give me your top three, Marty. You're about to find out what a manager can do to shut Marty up. Indeed, you can shut Marty up. By the way, I proved that on this episode of the podcast as well. I silenced him. Find out how. Is Marty addicted to shoes? Now, if you can pull off the purple loafers, no socks look in January, you have simply arrived. And many call him America's guest. Now, does he accept that moniker or does he poo-poo it? We're about to find out. And Marty's not a religious guy, but he made a pact with God. What happened for him to make this pact with God? We'll find out. And at the end of this conversation, he is going to call what, or he's going to take what we call the terrible test. Now, folks, these are just a series of rapid-fire questions that mainly it's far away from the broadcast booth. I mean, this is hard hitting journalism here. Things like his preferred drink, his favorite movie of all time. We're gonna take you way back in time, it might have even been before electricity was invented, to find his first celebrity crush. And if he could have dinner with anyone, even if you resurrect a group, who's at the dinner table? How does he spend a Friday night? Does Marty have any tattoos? I laugh at that. And this is a serious question. Could we see Marty with an earring and a ponytail in the future? He brought it up. Not me. His favorite music. And Marty the softy. Yeah, I know. I know. He's a guy that doesn't seem like he has a soft side. But Marty indeed has that soft side. And I find it and bring it out. And I ask perhaps the most... Important question, it seems, in society today. Does Marty watch The Bachelor? That hard-hitting journalism is on the way. Nowadays, his broadcast partner is the Cowboy, Jeff Branley. We'll pick up the conversation and talk about Marty and the Cowboy. Hope you enjoy it. It's part two of our conversation with the Hall of Fame broadcaster, Marty Brenneman, right here. On the Jim Day Podcast. Nowadays, it's you and Cowboy. Um, and I know uh, you two have grown close together. Uh, I'm proud to call him a friend as well. Yep. Um, but, you know, you guys have a, a I don't want to s- say the same rapport that you and Joe have, but it's pretty close.
0: It is. And we I've said often, I said, you know, I'm not a religious person. Uh, I wish I was, but I'm not. Um, but I think when God decided to take Joe Nuxall, he provided me with Tom Brenneman first and then Jeff Brantley, mm-hmm. you know, Tom hasn't done radio for years and, uh, and Jeff's a guy I've worked with more than anybody and he and I have become very close. Um, and I think he's one of the funniest people I've ever been around and he's funny because a lot of times he didn't try to be, but he is. And, um, and the other part of it is, it's kind of neat. That and he will tell you. I don't. He, he, I can tell a story. And he would, t- if he were sitting here, he'd say, he'd tell it. That you know, all the years he was growing up, and uh, somebody realized he had extraordinary baseball talent that would one day take him to the big leagues. And he'd tell you today, the only job he ever really wanted was to broadcast Reds baseball. That was number one, and playing big league ball was number two. And and I believe that. And um, and I'm happy for the success that he's had here. Uh, this town. Is the most provincial city I've ever lived in or ever spent time in. Um, You know, you may not be a a, a native of the town, but when, however long it takes, if people wake up individually and collectively one morning and decide that you're one of them, um, then you have arrived in this town. Uh, It's like two brothers. I can say to my brother whatever I want to say and call him the most vile name in the book, but you better not do it. It's okay for me right. to do it. Well, that's the way the people here are. You know, they can criticize me or you or anybody else over something you might have said or didn't say, but don't let some guy from Louisville, Kentucky, or Indianapolis or anywhere else say it because then they're fighting words. So, um, you know, they've accepted him wholeheartedly, um, and, and I, I he knows more about pitching than anybody I've ever been around. Uh, he's got a great wife and two great kids uh, by uh, that he – One of those Mason is the product of their marriage, and Mm -hmm. then he's got a daughter who came with Ashley, but he treats her like it was his own, and he's got two grown kids. So uh, we have a good time, and um, uh, it's it's been nice to be able to work with people um, who I've gotten along with because I know I know guys that work together that don't like each other, right? Especially, and in this game. Where you're on the air virtually every day, yep. that'd be like hell on earth to go to work every day
2: and sit next to a guy, and you have to fake
0: it and act like you like him when you don't.
2: No question. Yep. And on the air, you know, your styles have meshed together. You, your vocabulary is very expansive, and you have your own phrases, and you you know, you know, have a lot. You talk a lot, which is great. Your your styles mesh well because Brantley is very simple when he's calling the game. It's yep. it's two-two pitch. That's right. Blowing away. Slatter. <laughs> Well, he, he, and it's very simple, but he's, you know, I know it was a rough start for him, but he's gotten very, very good, much, much better at his play-by-play, and it meshes well with you.
0: Well, th- that's a funny story because he got the job. And um, so now we go through November and we go through December, and we get into January. And I call him one night and I said, Hey, um, you've been listening to tapes, he said. For what? I said, well, just listen to baseball tapes and listen to somebody do play-by-play or turn the sound down if some ESPN or some MLB network's running a baseball game. And and he said, I haven't done any of that. I said, you're not going to do any of that? He said, no, I I'll, can I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I said, okay. We go to spring training, and the first time I introduced him to do play-by-play, sweat's poured off of him. And he realized that, you know, like a lot of people do, that this is an easy gig. This is easy broadcasting baseball. I've been there. Yeah, you know how it is.
2: <laughs> He's sitting in that chair and like, oh, uh, this is dead air unless I say it. That's they correct. They can't see what's going on on the field, like on the TV side. So. That's right. But he worked at
0: it. He, he was – He got his baptismal under fire because he he didn't listen to tapes. Uh, I think that would have helped him. How much, I don't know, but I think it would have helped him. But he's gotten better and better and better, and the people have really grown to love him. I mean, the people in Cincinnati and in all the areas in which we refer to as Reds country, I think they uh, universally think that he's doing a great job, and he is.
2: Ice cream, story Mm -hmm. of him. (laughs) <laughs> to see with ice cream he wakes up with it on his boiler the wings I mean <laughs> what's great is you know we're all self-deprecating so we can all make fun of ourselves and Correct. take the abuse uh, you know from each other <laughs> there's some funny stories man unbelievable
0: how many languages do you speak fluently <laughs> I speak English yes I speak southern <laughs> <laughs> that's good.
2: <laughs> and i can order my food in spanish i hear you he, he yeah. is a, a funny guy and you're right we have a good group in, in general um yeah. tv side radio side um like you said we all sit at the media table at dinner and that doesn't you know you'll see other teams and their broadcasters sitting together but they're not cutting it up like it's just we we have a special group that's right, right. We do. Um, and I, I feel blessed in that regard.
0: There's no question about that. I, I mean, w- uh, you and me and Chris and and Jeff. Now, Jeff's coming back to the game of golf now because he had a shoulder yeah. replacement. He's ready to rock I and roll. I can't He'll wait for ready. him and, and Wells to go. <laughs> we go out. Yes. Well, that's another story, too. <laughs> but we go out and play golf together. I mean, we. so obviously we enjoy each other's company. Otherwise, that would be an area in which – That would not occur, Mm -hmm. and it occurs with regularity every time that we go out on the road and play golf.
2: No question. Um, On the baseball side, Mm -hmm. um, you've been around a lot of managers, and you have to mesh being critical on the air, your style that we've talked about. Have some guys been harder to be around than others?
0: Uh, You mean in in terms of doing that radio show?
2: Just in general, yeah, the radio show or being around them.
0: Um. I, you know what, I, I can't recollect. Well, when when Sparky was fired and they named John McNamara manager of the club, John, and and he became a wonderful friend of mine. But John was very soft spoken, and was a man of few words unless he got to know you well. He was a wonderful. He's a wonderful guy. Um, and But they felt that there was enough pressure on him just coming in to replace a guy who was beloved almost universally in Sparky and under, under rather controversial circumstances because nobody yeah. could understand why Sparky was fired. And John came in and they said, well, you're not going to do a manager's show with him. Uh, you interview anybody you want to prior to any game. You want to do a writer, you want to do a broadcast, you want to do a player, coach, manager, whatever. Uh, but we're gonna not he's the only guy um there were two of them him and Vern Rapp, that I did not do a managerial show with, so I've done one with everyone before and after that, and i never I never had a problem with them. Wow, not well, one manager did I have a problem with
2: Well, let me tell you I, I still haven't gotten over them getting rid of Sparky, yeah, and when he went on to win a World Series with detroit i it it just hurt me yeah. on the inside. And it still hurts me. Um, who are some of your favorite managers? I, I mean, I know Sparky's in a class Sparky, of his own probably. The,
0: the big three would be Sparky and Lou and um, and Pete. They'd be my favorite. Uh, not necessarily in that order. Um, uh, I enjoyed – I immensely enjoyed Jack McKeon and the time I yeah. spent with him. I thought he was a funny guy. Uh, but I'd say they were probably the three guys that I had the most fun with, and and you know I, I I never forget, and I use this with every new manager who comes in, and and I told I used it with David Bell. Um, I'm going to ask you questions at times that put you on the spot. You may have made a move last night that led directly to a loss. I'm not going to we're not going to hide from that. Because I think the manager slash coaches show is the most boring single radio show in the history of mankind because an announcer's kissing butt the whole time and he doesn't want to ask a question that puts the coach or manager in a bad light. So it's nothing but a cream puff. And I, don't, I think that's not the way it should be. If he And I'll never forget, John McNamara made a, play, made a decision one night in Philadelphia. That led the club to a loss. Now I could interview him periodically, but not simply every night. So I had him on the next day, and I asked him the question. And I, but I told him beforehand. I said, "I'm asking you the question." He said, "You go ahead." And I asked him. He said, "I made a mistake. I I, I took a gamble, made a decision, and it cost us. It backfired and cost us a win." You're gonna lay it out there like that. You go to the next question. Yep. But don't try to cover up, because when it was obvious that you made a mistake, uh, as much as I love Dusty Baker, and Dusty would be in my top four, I love Dusty Baker. I loved him as a manager. I loved him as a person. Uh, but And I don't know whether he felt like it was something he had to project. But as far as I know, Dusty's never made a mistake in any decision he's ever made in the ball ballgame. And I think that humanizes you. I think that... Gives a fan a reason to relate, and empathize with your position. Um, Jim Riggleman was like that. Jim was great. Jim, would, if I made a mistake, and I, I loved him for that. He was. I'd have liked to have seen him kept, keep the job, but when the club collapsed in September, mm-hmm. that that sealed yeah. his fate. Um, but I don't think mad, too many coaches and managers look at it the same way I do. Uh, don't uh, don't talk around it. But if you if you made a mistake. Just simply say, "Hey, you know what? I, I screwed up last night." Yeah. Then you you're, you're you're completely disarmed. There's nothing right. else you can say. Then
2: well, you're go- I mean, it's 162 games. That's right. Uh, I exactly. mean, you're going to make mistakes, and I mean, you got to be thinking ahead. It's so much tougher being a major league manager than people think no question you've got to be thinking three and four steps ahead three and four innings ahead even more than that that's right you you know you're going to make mistakes and you're you're making moves and you're relying on players to execute it and it doesn't always happen that way so i've had similar experiences doing um post-game shows with the manager where i'm going in there and I'm going in there 10 minutes afterwards Or oh, they've uh, – Emotions are still
0: emotions high. Emotions are still high, and yep. I
2: might not ask a question as pointedly as you no, do. No, I know. But there are many times where I, you cannot hide from a move that was made that didn't work out. And there was a manager, and I'm not going to mention any names, but at first, you know, got really upset with the questions. Right. And I finally had was able to talk to him off the air and say, listen, I, I people are tuning in. This just happened. If I have any credibility, I have to bring this up to you. And you need to look at it as your way, your avenue to explain what happened because a lot of times you make a move and you don't have a chance to explain your side nope. of it. So please look at it like that, that I'm giving you the opportunity to tell the fan base what you were thinking, whether it's right or wrong. And, and then we had no problems from there. But um, I know who that manager was. I said we won't mention that manager. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, speaking of Lupinella, I think people would be surprised and tell me if I'm wrong. I think I've asked you before what your favorite team has been. Yes. And, and most people would think that you would say the seventy five or seventy six Reds. Right. It's the nineteen ninety team, is it not? Correct. Correct.
0: And 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 it was because I mean what I the, the, don't misunderstand that I still maintain that it is one of the great teams in the history of baseball that's a 75-76. And I used both of them because you couldn't split the difference right. as far as personnel. Uh, I, I wish we were magical enough to resurrect the 27 Yankees and play a best-of-seven series and see who would win that thing.
2: You did do I that. I did
0: do that, yeah. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. Um, but the 90 club one, It was 14 years between world championships. Mm-hmm. I, I After the third year I was with the club, I thought you were supposed to get a World Series ring every year.
2: And then found out.
0: Yeah. And so when 90 came and they won the whole thing, I I relished in it. Secondly, um, it had the greatest coaching staff with a wonderful manager of anybody I've ever been around. I love the coaches. Um, I love the players. Uh, I got along well with the players, I think, individually and collectively. If I had to be critical during the course of that magical year, Guys understood, and no, it was never any problem. Um, so that that was my favorite team of all time with the Reds. And, um, you know, to be, to be managed by a guy whose whole career up until that point had been uh, spent in the American League and was smart enough to come over, surround himself by um, National League coaches yeah. and sat back and let them run the ball club in spring training until he understood the way the game in the National League was played. He didn't come over here with a lot of – I have all the answers. Nobody can teach me anything. I don't even think he knew how to make a double switch when he took the job. Um, so I – and I immediately hit it off well with him. And uh, we had great times together uh, at the ballpark and away from the ballpark. And um, I – I, to this day, I, I get a warm feeling every time I see him because yeah. I just think he's a wonderful guy. He, I thought he was a great manager, a great manager. He was a guy who wore his emotions on his sleeve. He would turn over tables of food. He would fight players. He would do anything. Um, but the funny thing was, Bob Quinn was the general manager, and over the course of that season, every single player on this club, at one time or another, Lou wanted gone, including Barry Larkin, including Eric Davis. He would drive Bob Quinn crazy. He'd call him in after game. He'd say, get him the hell out of here. I don't want to look at him tomorrow and Bob understood how to deal with Lou and everything came out fine but uh, he was special he was really special well it was a special team with a lot of characters
2: i mean you still quote him in broadcasts That's today right. when uh
0: in the words of the inimitable and iconic Lou Pinella, i've seen enough <laughs>
2: he's going to the mat <laughs> <That's> exactly full <laughs> <cool>. picture
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if uh you're on the banquet circuit are there are any stories about Lou that come to mind
0: uh You know the night he threw the base
1: larkin grounds it to the left side ramos goes to sandberg to throw on to first they got him the double play ends the inning larkin doesn't agree with the call nor does tony perez nor does lou pinella who runs right out there to get in the face of dutch renner he slams his hat down and renner has thrown him out lou is now gone to the first base bag picks it up and throws it out towards short right field And he's going to pick it up again and throw it further out in right field. I'll tell you what, this is the best act we've seen this year. He threw his hat down. He was run by Rennard. He went to the first base bag. He picked it up. He threw it toward right field. He went back and got it and threw it out in right field again. And he has been thrown out. The inning is over. And boy, what a big time show Lou Pinella has just put on here at the stadium.
0: One of the great stories (laughs) is terrible. He was overmatched when he tried to challenge me now, let me tell you. (laughs) We're going from L.A. to San Diego after a Sunday afternoon game. And Lou would get on me all the time. He'd get on me about the way I dressed. He'd get off. And I'm not going to tell you how he got on me because it's not politically correct. But he would get on me I can, bad. I can guess. And, and and so we're sitting on the bus going down to San Diego, and I love that bus ride. I, I enjoy going from L.A. to San Diego, yeah. San Diego to L.A. on the bus. And I'm sitting right where I sat sit today. That's a, the Second first seat behind the manager. And I'm sitting there and Lou's there, and across the aisle from me was Sammy Perlazo, who was a third-base coach, and behind him was Jackie Moore, who was a bench coach, and Stan Williams, a pitching coach, was behind me. and. So they were all kind of right there, bunched together. And Lou started in on me about I don't know what it was, and I'm sitting there reading my book like I do on a bus. I'm reading a book, reading a novel, or something, and he's jumping me, and everybody's ha ha ha. And so finally, I turned to Sammy Perlazo, and I said, um, did you all see Phil Donahue's show on Friday morning?" And now they're they're buying into the fact that I'm. I'm trying to change the subject because I'm sick of listening to it. No. I said, I turned to Jackie. I said, Jackie, did you see? He said, No. What was it? I said, Phil, the topic of the show was women who love fat men. They said, Really? I said, Yeah, you know what was on there? They said, Who? I said, Anita Panella." <laughs> that, that was it. Took care of that. It was gone. It was over with.
2: <laughs> wow. We
0: had, and he'd put on a few pounds, and so oh, I had yeah. to take a shot at him.
2: Well, like you take a shot at me
0: every now and then. Every now and then. All know, the time. It's always. I wear like
2: best. a badge of honor. Just I probably should admit this, but I wear like a badge of honor. <laughs> Except for those pictures on Instagram, you're killing me. By the way, I have some very unflattering pictures of you, but I have. I'm respecting the legend no, you that can, is you. I don't care about that. You I know can you run keep them, telling it me it doesn't make any difference, but I don't to want me. people to Google you and these images that, that come up. I love that picture with
0: me sleeping, my mouth wide open.
2: No, I've got you know, you don't know how many pictures I have of you sleep when Marty falls asleep on the bus or the plane. It is, I mean, you can't just lay back, close your eyes, and open your mouth as far as you can. That's true, <laughs> and that's how it is. And. Some of the pictures are very funny. Tommy Hume
0: has one where a rolled-up program and he yeah. stuck it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And I just kept right on sleeping. Well, He's got f- it on his cell phone. The
2: funny thing is, is there are hundreds of these pictures around because it's so popular. I mean, you have coaches that are taking pictures of you. You have players that come up and take pictures of you that you don't <laughs> I even, don't even know. know about. You don't even know about. Uh-uh. Um and I So know, I whatever picture you have, you want to run I, But on I, right. I don't want to do that to you. I don't want people to google you and see Marty Brennaman asleep I, because It doesn't bother me. I know, but in this day and age, people will take that and run with it and it'll be They can be, do whatever they want. You know, want when they to. make a they write a disparaging piece about someone. They they pick the worst picture that they can, That's so okay. though I can live with that. I don't want to do it to you. I, just, I, I got thick skin. I can handle it. I know you do, but I still, I just, I, I can't bring myself <laughs>
0: to do it. Um, Somebody calling you? No.
2: Oh, I just saw you looking at
0: that post and I thought maybe you got a message.
2: No, I you just got to, you know, I'm making sure that I, I cover all the bases here. Because I'm keeping you for a long time. That's all right. You're, I'm uh, having a good time. You're being very patient with us. And speaking That's of which, I, I never thought I'd see a, you're always checking your cell phone and, um, I, I didn't think I would ever see the day that you would, like, jump into the technological world.
0: I'm not very good at it. I mean, my wife's amazing. She knows she can do everything. I mean, I can't. There's a lot of stuff I can't do on the phone and really have no interest in doing. She gets mad at me because I can't do something on the phone. I I, can't, I don't care about it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I might have been in the last 2% of the world population that got a cell phone
2: i know it's i know i I couldn't and i it's like you years ago saying you were never going to golf and here you are an avid golfer now um you have evolved as a person um big time uh and the the way you dress you're no longer the poofy haired fancy boy uh which joe called you um, no Tim
0: sullivan called me that oh really Tim Sullivan, who now is a columnist for the Louisville Courier-Journal. Yeah. He's right. the one that first referred
2: to me as a poofy-haired fan. Support. And then Joe just And then Joe it. picked up on it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Um, but did you ever think that you would be sitting here now as the person that you are in 2019? Because would you agree you have – everyone evolves as a person, but you have truly from night, day to night.
0: Yeah, well – I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, when I first came here for the first five or six years, I broadcast Reds baseball. I wore a
2: coat and tie to the park every day, every day. Now you kill me when I have one on. I know that when I show I, every up every day, I show up now with a jacket on just to spite you because you you give me grief. That's a wear.
0: beautiful thing about radio. With all due respect, I you know I I can go to work wearing a you know I, my my affinity uh, clothing wise is is shirts and shoes no socks. i spent a lot of money on shirts and spent a lot of money on shoes. How many pairs of shoes do you have? Uh, probably in excess of 60. Oh, you've got to have more than that. No,
2: I don't think so. Really? You have a new pair of shoes on every time I see you.
0: Every time I see something I like, I get them. Although you got the go-to purple loafers with no socks. Well, a man's got to
2: be comfortable in his own when masculinity. When you can pull off,
0: to, I can while wear any color there is pink, purple. I, I know, don't
2: care. Well, when you can pull off the purple loafers, yeah. no socks. Yeah. You've arrived.
0: Well, that's the beauty of my job. I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't wear socks. Period.
1: I know
2: it's.
0: I mean, it could, it could be January and minus know. five out, and I got no socks on. I don't care. Doesn't make any difference to me. Um, and, and as far as the jeans are concerned, they're not fifty-dollar pairs of jeans. I mean, I wear nice jeans that I get from my good friends at Blaine's Clothing. Oh, plug. There it is. Plug. That's a plug. There we go. That's yep. it. Name-dropping. My good friend Chuck Hellman. Now, you
2: wouldn't get, like, bet good deals for name-dropping.
0: Oh, no, no. Oh. No, I no not now. I did it one time, but since I'm no longer a <laughs> spokesman now, I pay retail. Oh. Oh, yeah. you got to be kidding me. No, absolutely. All you people America's think I'm that, That's the b- biggest misconception of all time, <laughs> that people think I'm America's guest. That is not true. That's not true. In some well, cases. It's not a bad thing. If I were America's guest, the one area that I would plead guilty in is golf. <laughs> I'd I, I plead guilty to that.
2: Well, that's a good thing. Now, I've always said, you know, the only thing better than being Marty Brenneman is being Marty Brenneman's friend. Well, Thank I mean, you very you much. Know, especially on the golf circuit. All the golf courses. We, we call we, the scholarship.
0: We have shirts.
2: The scholarship.
0: But you think all the good golf
2: courses we played around the country Come on, oh, now. no, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm truly blessed. I, it's, I'm actually not worthy to be on that circuit. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It is the.
0: Uh, but as far as the evolution is concerned, I, the best thing I ever did was get my head shaved and and uh, you know lost a bet with Chris Spire and and that was had, a great night. Had to that live up. That's night. the greatest single night I've ever spent personally, in a ballpark uh, because um, you know it, it started my relationship with the Dragonfly Foundation. Which I'm very committed to, and um, uh, and then you know shaving my head, and and then in the aftermath of that, with a, after about a month, wondered why the hell it took me so long to do it. Um,
2: but I mean, I, I I'm a I was a liberated man because so ten years off your life. I mean, you just all yeah. of a sudden like wow, that looks great.
0: I mean, I, I threw away the hairspray and threw away the yeah. hair dryer, and you know I get up and. I'm, I'm ready to go in about ten minutes. Well, that was a special night at yeah, the park, was. and
2: I was—we uh, broadcast that on TV, and I was lucky enough to host that. Uh, yes,
0: you were. I've got pictures of you right there on the field.
2: Yeah, uh, that was that was a special, special night. It was good. I can't believe uh, I was a part of it. Um, you want to a- answer some questions that sure. are like uh, pop culture ish? Certainly, go ahead. All right, Let, let's whip these off. We 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 refer to this, Marty, as the <laughs> terrible test. Okay. Are you ready to take the terrible uh, test? I guess I am. These go are ahead. things mostly non-baseball sure. related. And if you want to rapid fire these, uh, uh, that would be great. If not, if you want to elaborate, go right ahead. Here we go. Okay. Morning person or a night owl? I'm a morning person. What would you have for breakfast?
0: Uh, normally I'd have a cup of coffee and uh pastry or something of that nature.
2: What's your perfect pizza? Uh,
0: pepperoni and uh, jalapeno peppers. Nice. Worst eating habit. Worst eating habit is uh, I don't. I don't think I have a bad eating habit. I don't eat, I eat very little junk food. Um, I, I don't. I don't really think I have one, to be honest with you. Preferred drink while eating a meal. Oh, I thought you would ask me my preferred drink. You
2: know, <laughs> Let's go with your preferred drink. What the heck? Gin
0: and tonic. We're, we're adults. Here. and tonic. You know it. A lot of it. <laughs> and my favorite uh, beverage for a meal yeah. is iced tea. Iced tea. And I drink it 365. That'd be a Southern thing. That's it. That's
2: right. Favorite movie of all time?
0: Uh, Godfather. Last movie you saw in a theater? Whoa. Last movie I saw, yeah. I saw the last movie I saw in a theater was the one that uh, has been nominated for Academy Awards uh, dealing with Spider-Man. And it's a, uh animated Wow! My man and I took uh, our, our grandson Aiden to it. Last band you saw in concert. You consider Alan Jackson a band and his band?
2: Yeah, or last artist you saw in concert. Alan,
0: yeah. Alan Jackson and Louisville. Which was out of your element a It bit. was out of my element, and I was blown away by how good he was. He is. Honest to fantastic. God, he is one of the best I've ever seen.
2: You binge-watch a lot of TV shows. In fact, you've turned me on to a lot of them. Well, What, what I, I, are some of the faves? We're talking
0: Netflix and Amazon.
2: Yeah. Okay. What are some of the faves for the peeps out there?
0: Uh, Peaky Blinders, uh, Ozark with Jason Bateman, who's mm-hmm. sensational. Um, Bosch, yeah. dealing with Harry Bosch. Harry Bosch is my man. Uh, uh, oh, Goliath yeah. with Billy Bob Thornton. Well, if you're going
2: to go Bosch, you're going to have to go Longwire. Ab-
0: yeah yeah longmire i yeah I got news for you I, I can't tell you a bad one I've watched i have been watching lately uh the Americans which uh I'm deals, watching
2: that as we speak it's a it's a sensational yeah.
0: so yeah there's some of the ones that I've really enjoyed
2: How often do you text
0: uh I probably text five or six times a day
2: phone app you can't live without
0: a phone app Oh, boy, that's a tough one. I'd have to think about that.
2: Online shopping or the mall? A combination of both. <laughs> I knew it was because you do a lot of shopping. Because I love to shop. I know you do. I love to shop. I know you do. Yeah. First celebrity crush.
0: Wow. First celebrity crush. It would probably I can't even tell you her name, but she danced on American Bandstand in the fifties. Really? Yeah. And they, you know, they, back then they had uh, uh, couples that danced yeah. and became uh, uh, favorites all over the country. I can't remember her
2: name, but she was a Philly girl and she was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just to hear you say she was fine cracks me up. If you could spend a day with any
0: celebrity, who would it be? Well, I could spend a day with any celebrity who would. It, I, well, the guy, the person I would love to. The two people I would love to be able to sit down with,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, dinner. Who would you who would you Eat have dinner or drink? Who's at who's, the, who's at the dinner table? All right,
0: there would be uh, there would be Stephen King, the author, and it would be Bill Clinton.
2: Really? Now, why?
0: And I would say to people, do not take that to mean that I'm a Democrat because I'm sure as hell not. I just think he'd be a cool guy to sit around and chew the fat with. You catch
2: my drift? Him and Stephen King. Now that's a that's an unusual mix. Well, they're there.
0: both died to old Democrats, both of them. I know. Yeah.
2: So that would be it. wow. I would love now th- if
0: I could resurrect.
2: Yeah, uh, that's my next question. If you could resurrect someone, who's at the dinner table? Ted Williams. Wow. Ted Williams. Teddy ball game. Yeah. And I
0: had a great experience with him years ago, but he he would be the guy that I'd like to spend a lot of time
2: with. Something you can't travel without.
0: Something I can't travel without. Well, obviously uh, I mean you're discarding the cell phone. This is yeah. something that I would pack that I have to have. Yeah. Um my iPad. I mean I gotta don't head, have my get, iPad, I can't watch my shows. Gotta bend And I download watch. a lot.
2: Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I can
0: watch them forty thousand feet above the earth.
2: You have a go-to karaoke song. No, I'm not a karaoke. I know you are, but I'm not. I am not. Although well, I can sing a little bit at home. I know
0: you can. But uh,
2: that's not happening in public. It's a private thing. <laughs> uh, pick a superpower, invisibility or being able to fly. These are deep journalistic questions, by the way.
0: I, I would say uh, the ability to fly. Yeah.
2: What's the best way to spend a Friday night?
0: Oh. Just hanging out at home, having a pop, uh, just talking with Amanda or dealing, or loving on Millie, our Maltese dog. Or sending me offensive texts. Every now and then I send pictures and things of that that people, <laughs> I think, need at the time I
2: send them. People only know. What do you miss most about being a kid?
0: Well, I, what I miss most about being a kid is growing up in the, in the decade that I grew up in, and that's her 50s which I think is the single greatest uh, decade in the history of mankind, at least as long as I've been on this earth. Because other than the Korean conflict, which was over early in the 50s, uh, employment was high. Um, there was no – I mean, I, I used to thumb home from college. Uh, I'd put on a coat and tie, and I'd hitchhike home from school. To leave, the can't can't, to leave the doors unlocked. leave the doors unlocked. Um, I, I, if I could pick a decade – uh, as a kid, that that would be the decade that I would I would love to relive.
2: Your favorite sports teams growing up?
0: Uh, the Washington Redskins, because they were the only game in town back in the fifties. Um, uh, baseball, uh, I I don't I don't I didn't have a favorite baseball team. I used to listen to Washington Senators games. Used to listen to Baltimore Orioles games. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirate games I as uh, in the late 50s I became a pirate fan and rooted like hell for them to win the World Series and when Mazeroski hit the home run off the Yankees in the 7th game to win that World Series I was pulling for the Pirates
2: Do you have any tattoos
0: That would be a negative
2: Will we I see mean, a tattoo bo- in the future
0: this, What <laughs> This body's like a shrine are you kidding me I'm not going to damage my body by putting uh, well I've often said that, that, that well, I had, that would not be a tattoo, but I've said, Amanda did not like to hear this because I said the thing, two things I'd like to do when I retire is to get, a, uh, get my ear pierced and wear an earring and then grow a ponytail. Is this going to happen? Bring that up sometime, to her, and see what kind of reaction you get from that. There's a real good chance that's never going to
2: happen. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't wait to bring this up to her. Yeah, please do. I'm going to bring it up at the worst possible moment. That's yeah.
0: fine. I'm good for it because she'll get lit up like a Christmas tree.
2: <laughs> Favorite kind of music?
0: Oldies music. I love, uh, but I'm I'm rather elect- eclectic. I yeah. like uh, I like the old time rock and roll music back in the '50s and '60s. I got a tremendous collection. Um, but I like Broadway show music. Um, I like. Folk music. I've got the greatest collection of Kingston Trio albums of anybody in the history of mankind because I've got every album they ever made. Wow. And I love the Kingston Trio. Um, I like soft rock. I'm not a big classical music fan. I like some jazz. But I'd say if I had to pick an area, it's listening to old age music.
2: Do you sing in the shower? I do not. What music is on your record player or on whatever you play, whatever device you play music, what's on it right now?
0: Uh, I don't, uh, you know what? Uh, I don't have anything. I don't, I don't play. I should, uh, I've got an incredible album collection of yeah. 33 and a third LPs. I don't play a lot of that, but there's th- When I play music, uh, I'm a big fan of Chicago, the band. Yeah. I'm a big fan of um, the Eagles, I've seen them a number of times. I saw them recently in the last couple of years with Vince Gill and and Deacon Fry, uh, Glenn Fry's son. Mm-hmm. They were wonderful. Vince Gill was incredible. Uh, but but uh, I'd say they, they are the, the bands that uh, I've had the most interest in. What would your autobiography be called? Too Many Chiefs and Not Enough Indians.
2: <laughs> Not in This One Belongs to Marty. You know, it's too corny. Too corny? Yeah. Uh, I like yours better. Um, if you could know the absolute total truth to one question, what question would you ask? Say that again now. If you could know the absolute and total truth to one question that in society or whatever that we have unanswered, what would it be?
0: Is there truly a heaven that we will ascend to when we die? I think that would be number
2: one on everyone's list. I silenced you there for a minute. That was incredible. That was an incredible moment in my career right there. (laughs) I silenced you for just a moment. What is the most useless talent that you have? The ability to play golf.
0: (laughs) It's useless.
2: (laughs) It's fun, though. It is
0: fun, but it's rather useless.
2: If you could have personally witnessed something... In history? Yes. What would you want to see?
0: Wow. Boy, you got some stuff here, man.
2: I do, man. We're getting deep. I
0: mean, I could give you an answer, but I don't know that that would be a true answer. I um, I mean, if it was a sports question, I would say probably the thing I would have loved to have been able to watch would have been um, Bobby Thompson hit the home run off Ralph Branca in 1951 yeah. to give the Giants the shot heard around the world. Right. Right. Um, but God, that's—you know—I we went to Normandy last October, which was the most emotion, one of the most emotional things I've ever seen. And I'm a history buff. I majored in college history before I got into this business. But that's a good question. I don't know if I can come up with a good answer to that question.
2: All right, thinking of your broadcast colleagues, if you needed advice on a romantic date for your wife, to take her on you need a device on it, who are you asking?
0: Not None of you guys. <laughs> are you kidding me?
2: That is a
0: ridiculous question. I wouldn't ask you or Welch or Brenneman oh, or Brantley. Are you kidding? I have a
2: soft heart you don't know.
0: Yeah, well, that, 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 I'm not going to ask you a question. I outkicked my coverage.
2: I outkicked my coverage. You've got to have something going Well, you going did on.
0: out-kick your coverage. Are there any question about that? Now, I wouldn't ask any of you clowns that question. <laughs>
2: If you needed advice on a good love story movie to take your wife to, which colleague would you ask?
0: Uh now that's a that's a legitimate question. Uh, but, but the problem is, see, none of you guys will go to the movies very often. Yes, I do. Well, then you're the only one. Because you know that I watch Tom a does lot. doesn't.
2: I know, but you know that I watch a lot of programs, and I'm into the arts and movies, I theater. Know, I know that, that.
0: but I'm talking. We're talking about going to the movies, going to the.
2: Yeah, I love going to the movies. I love actually going to. The, I would prefer What's going the to the best love
0: story you've ever seen.
2: Um, best love story I have ever seen. Oh man, Bueller. Um, Bueller. Well, I'll, I'll give
0: you a quote from this movie. Okay. Love means never having to say you're sorry.
2: Wow, you got me.
0: Love story. Love story. That's the biggest tearjerker of all time. Yeah. I mean.
2: My wife loves the tearjerkers now. And
0: that, Well, do yourself a favor.
2: And I've watched Love Story. It's been a she, long time.
0: Has she seen it?
2: Probably not. She's a little younger than me.
0: Well, that's a powerful deal. Right you know there. what? I'm
2: going to have to pull that out. She's going to be impressed. Love Thank you for never
0: that. having to say you're sorry.
2: That was a famous yeah. line from that motion picture. If you had a brainwashing machine, who would you use it on?
0: I would not, I'm not, worried. I'm not willing to answer that question. <laughs> him I have an
2: answer, but I ain't going to. Oh, go. oh okay. no. Okay. I tried. <laughs> I almost got him, folks. I almost got him. Yeah, you did. Is there something that you constantly lose at home or anywhere? Yeah, my cell phone. Amanda <laughs> loses her mind. I'll
0: get in the car, and then she'll pull out of the driveway. And I said, forgot to bring my phone. I have oh, to go yeah. in and I get I can it. hear Yeah, it. that would be it.
2: In fact, I have heard it. Yeah. Are
0: you afraid of heights? I am. Very much so. However, you know, we've spent time at Universal, and we've spent time at Disney World, and the one thing that Universal has that I think exceeds what they have at Disney World are the the roller coaster-type rides, which I go to on all of them and like them. Amanda will not go on them. Wow. And so, but, but uh, uh, the kind of roller coaster that you see at Kings Island, there ain't enough money on earth to get me to get in that. That cannot happen. I got on a Ferris wheel one time at Virginia Beach when I was in high school, and it stopped at the top, and I made a pact with God. You let me get off of this one, and I'll never get on another one, and he did, and I haven't. A Ferris wheel? No, sir. Ain't happening again. No. (laughs) Yes, I'm afraid of
2: heights. All right. Big man to admit that, you know. Yeah. I I don't like heights either. I mean, I'm not, like, terrified of them, but anymore as I get older, it gets worse. Yeah. Um, Share a personal fact about you that no one would guess.
0: Well, I I don't know. The the fact that I aspired to be a professional actor before I got into this business. I know some people know that, but a lot of people don't.
2: Now, you studied theater, correct?
0: I I, I took drama lessons for eight years. I had private drama lessons and did summer stock work in high school. Um, Really, truly loved it. Um, There's no greater thrill than to stand on a stage and you've got people in the audience and they're listening to you do your thing. It's a kick like you cannot believe. And, you know, when I finally met a couple of guys who worked off Broadway that was starving to death, I realized this ain't the world I want to travel. So, but I did, I did love it. Oh, I loved it.
2: Wow. You know, you would be good at it too.
0: I, I, it was it was good, boy, I'll tell you. And I love the theater today. We go to Broadway shows and we have season tickets to the Aronoff. And um, so, we, a man and I both love going to the shows mountains or the beach slam dunk i mean you can't be a kid growing up in virginia living 10 miles from yeah. the ocean and not be a beach guy
2: yeah, and you have a place right next to siesta key beach which is just heaven on earth yeah, it's that, pretty good that white sand is yeah. unbelievable all right wrapping this up as we go to true or false okay true or false i can cook false true or false i still do my own laundry
0: i still can Without, I just watched a load the other night.
2: Yeah, I can do that. True or false, I'm a good handyman around the house. Negative. True or false, I have watched The Bachelor. Negative. True or false, I have sung out loud to Justin Bieber. Most emphatically, negative. True or false, I don't mind a good love story movie. Uh, true. And finally, true or false, this is the greatest series of questions I've ever answered.
0: That would be a... That would be true. That really? would be true, yeah. Wow. Can I give That's myself a, a round of applause? Yeah, baby. You got it right here, pal. Absolutely.
2: Hey, I appreciate you taking all this time. Um, I-, I think the fans will enjoy this. Thank enjoy you it. for kicking off uh, this podcast. We appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Hope you enjoyed part two of our conversation with Marty Brenneman and two guys sitting around laughing like children. It's basically what that was. Uh, But hope you enjoyed it, and by no means, as we said earlier, are we done with Marty. There's so much to talk with Marty about in his final year in the broadcast booth, and there's there's tons of areas that we didn't cover, and full disclosure, we have already recorded over two nights, we recorded episodes, and thank you, Marty Brenneman, for allowing uh, not only me to do this, but bringing the fans into these conversations. Thank you very much. So we at least have two more parts with Marty. Don't know exactly when they're going to air, when, will we, when we will release those. They will be in the coming weeks. We'd like to get some other guests in, some of the guests we talked about at the top of this podcast. But some of the things we talked with Marty about, uh, we asked him about his favorite players or his favorite managers over in this edition. But who are his favorite players? Who are the ones that come to mind? We will go down memory lane with a lot of players, and we will – further talk about Marty and Joe and something I've always wanted to ask Marty when Joe would be screaming in the background which became legendary and everyone got used to it and actually loved Joe for it Uh, but did it bother Marty at any time did it bother Marty that Joe was screaming in the background Uh, interesting answer to that we will talk about when and this one belongs to the Reds came about when did Titanic struggle come about we will talk about the legendary banana phone. Elvis in the booth. Visits from the likes of the Macho Man. And the time that he got in trouble with the league office is a great story. And there was a lot of build-up to hit number 4192 of the Hit King. We will talk about that. And to my knowledge, there's a couple of things that Marty is going to reveal per, on a personal note that he's never talked about in public, and they're very eye-opening. This was a very cool thing to me. Now, he cringed because he's... He doesn't like to listen to himself on the radio, which I understand. When I listen to myself, I just cringe. I just, I just can't do it. A lot of broadcasters are that way. What I did is I sat down and I played a bunch of his legendary calls. We went through the years. We went clear back to 74 and straight on through some of the historical calls that he's made, the stories surrounding them, the players surrounding them, and got his reaction to those calls it'll be a cool cool episode so we look forward to that in the coming weeks and months follow along on twitter and instagram at jim day tv give the reds a follow and until next time we will sign off for now two episodes in the books come on Till next time on the jim day podcast